If your metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shoot Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe Welcome back, Nostalgia, and Dave, what a week it was, man. The culture. All this culture. So much culture. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about. We're going to give you your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I am Pat Sheehan, Pat Sheehan, if I can get my name you. right, with Dave Martinson. Kendrick, I mean, we've been talking about it for the past three weeks. The goat. He dropped his new album, yep. Damn, which I think you have to pronounce like that. Right, um, all caps. But... We have a lot of other things to talk about, and we're actually pushing some stuff to next week because there's right. just too much, and we don't want to overload you guys. So why don't we jump right in? I'll let you choose, Dave. Do you want to talk about superheroes or wizards first? <laughs> choose your own podcast adventure here. <laughs> Let's go with wizards. All right, so Dumbledore. We, yeah. we talked about how are they going to show young Arguably Dumbledore. the greatest wizard of all time. Uh, I mean, Grindelwald, pretty powerful. Yeah, we already know who Grindelwald's pretty, being played by. Pretty powerful. Johnny Depp. Yeah, uh, controversial casting yeah, at the time. Talked about that post-Fantastic Beasts. Dumbledore cast. Yeah. We knew he was coming. He's very religious. He's beautiful. He's young. He may have at some point been a pope. Jude Law, a man <laughs> so, who has not gotten many roles ever in Hollywood, if you go back and check the, the receipts. That's the hill you're going to die on. <laughs> I guess so. Jude so, Law didn't get enough work. Yeah, didn't get enough work. And now he's Dumbledore. Now he's Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, so Jude Law cast as Dumbledore in the next Fantastic Beasts playing a younger Dumbledore. Yeah. Obviously than in the Harry Potter movies. This is these are prequel films, folks, if you if you're not caught up for some reason. Yeah. Um, the Golden Boy, Eddie Redmayne returning as Newt's commander. We knew that already. I mean, I could care less about Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> we're just here for we're just here for Jude Law, yeah. Dumbledore. At this point, I mean Jude It's exciting. What a cast Because he's he's awesome. It, it they kept it pretty quiet too. Like I, I didn't hear any rumblings about this also they're like, Oh yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, we didn't hear of a, of a short list or anything. No. And then I wonder how much the young Pope played into that, you know, playing a guy who's, uh, you know, a little mystical and mm-hmm. serene. So I guess it could fit. But we'll see him in King Arthur, Legend of the Sword as the bad guy. Yep. He's a versatile actor. So I have no doubt that they'll make him look like Dumbledore a little bit and then he'll just kill it on screen like he always does. Yeah, I mean, he played basically a villain for the first half of the young Pope and then played a really, like, learned and sensitive person in the second Fantastic season. I mean, we talked a lot about it. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Also, YouTube us and subscribe, please. Please. Share us. So I think that's a fantastic casting. I, yeah. I couldn't have picked someone better. Definitely. What about Josh Brolin as Cable, though? Yeah. And Deadpool, too. Well, we talked about Michael Shannon was like, they said it was almost done. Like, he was the prohibitive right. favorite. And we talked about it because figured, we figured it was going to happen. But no. No Michael Shannon. No David Harbour of Stranger Things. He was mm-hmm. also on the shortlist, apparently. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Crazy. Jumping from Marvel to Fox. The double he, dipping, dude. Because he was, uh, he's Thanos. Right? I mean, he probably actually wanted a media role because he hasn't done much as Thanos thus far. Right. And he's all, it's all CGI anyway. So I think it's awesome because, like, Josh Brolin, obviously, Academy Award nominated actor. Yeah. All over the place. Tons of roles. But he's like, he has a really physical presence. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect for Cable. And also because he was Thanos and because he was in Jonah Hex, that terrible comic book film from like 09. Oh, that's just wow. m- That's just more stuff for yeah. De- Deadpool to break the fourth wall and make fun of like when they made fun of Green Lantern uh, yeah. in the first Deadpool. And Ryan Reynolds already did something like that on his Twitter. He posted a picture of Brolin's face in like a coffee and was like, you can't play two people in the same universe. So <laughs> yeah. you know that they're going to be winking towards that. I think, you know, I mean, Brolin's just a great underrated actor, I think, in a lot of senses. I mean, maybe properly rated at this point, but... I think properly rated, yeah. I think up until... Underappreciated by yeah, definitely mainstream audiences, probably. He's going to kill it. That'll be great. That's being directed by David Leitch, Lich, 
who did John Wick, Atomic Blonde, coming out this summer with Charlie Theron, and now Deadpool ah, too. So that movie looks good, Atomic Blonde. Newer director, but yeah, I think Atomic Blonde's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, Charlie Theron's awesome. Speaking of Charlie's, she's in Fast Eight. What she? saw this weekend. Yeah, Dave, tell me about Bad it. Bad guy rocking them white girl dreads. I did not see it. She got white girl dreads? White girl dreads. I guess I, maybe I saw that in the preview. She plays uh, this hacker villain called Cypher. Uh, so I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, yes. but... Such a Fast 8 name. <laughs> the Fate of the Furious. If you use hashtag F8, Fate of the Furious, or Fast 8, get the emoji for any of them. So they wow. really uh, they covered their bases there. But uh, it's a lot of fun. You kind of know what, you, what you're going to get with a Fast movie these yeah. days. And it's that. It's fun. I, I had a good time. I, I was audibly laughing at many times. Uh, Tyrese's character, Roman, was, I thought, hilarious. This time around, didn't, didn't like, go over the top. I thought it was great. This The uh, action, of course, over the top. That's what you expect. Oh, yeah. It's fun. The Rock, total badass, total scene stealer. He's fantastic. Uh, Jason Statham also has a, a big role again. He's, because he's a villain from uh, mm-hmm. Fast, uh, Fast 6, yeah, Fast 7, whatever one is. I thought he was in two of them. Yeah, he's into him. Well, his brother is played by Luke Evans as well. Yeah, gotcha. his brother dies. Uh, Helen Mirren comes in as a, I won't say, but she comes in. Uh, yeah, Charlize there, and all the main cast there. They're all good. It's fun. It's not the best Fast movie, but it's not not the worst. Uh, F. Gary Gray directed this. He did Straight Outta Compton. Wow, yeah, interesting. And the, and the Italian job. What would you say is the best Fast movie? That's tough. You know, it's funny. Fast Heads really, like, think about this. There's a really good thing about it, because uh, the franchise definitely got its second life and more successful mm-hmm. life. In 2011, when Fast Five came out, that was the first one with The Rock. Yeah, yeah. So Fast Five, Fast Six, and Furious Seven, the last one with Paul mm-hmm. Walker died to finish it without him. Those are, you know, the most high octane, yeah. the, the most over the top. I, I would say five or six, depending on your taste, are probably one of the better ones. That makes sense. That was, that was kind of when it took off, and also I think yeah. embracing that just like over the topness, really, because it was always over the top. Exactly. For a while, people were like, oh, these movies are too ridiculous, but then yeah. they were just like, yeah, we're ridiculous. That's who we are. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Well, it like broke up, like every box office record yeah, that, this weekend. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it made like you know a little over a hundred million domestically, which is very good, but um, less than Fury Seven did. That's not breaking any domestic records, but it actually had the biggest global debut Ever. of all time, passing The Force Awakens because it destroyed in China. Crazy. So that's interesting. China's into car movies, dude. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> They're just looking to recap that Japan, magic. But... Uh, Come on, guys. <laughs> this Tokyo, is not a geography podcast. Tokyo Drift actually has aged uh, better than a lot of the other early ones. What was the movie Aaron Paul was in? That's Need for Speed. Need for Speed. That's Kid Cudi's in that. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Cooper. That's not that good. No, definitely not that good. <laughs> well, it's about the family. Speaking of The Force Awakens, episode eight. Episode eight. The Last Jedi. They've dropped the number num- episode number conventions with yeah, seven. So. It, it's we need to weird. say that colloquially as fans. It's weird, like seeing not like not seeing like the number with right. that. Anyways, Last Jedi trailer dropped. Yes, that celebration. What a trailer it was, man! And it destroyed Twitter on Friday. So lit. Kendrick Lamar stole the morning, and then it was just the Last Jedi. And it's like poor John Mayer. No one gave a fuck about the search for everything. I wonder if he like somewhat knew this was gonna happen because he dropped it in those like different waves. So he's like, yeah, no one's the, gonna the hear EP it. wave things. No yeah. one's gonna hear this, so I just need to like drop a couple of the songs so people at least know I dropped. Go on them. Ellen and do the one song. Also, Rich Homie Quan had a comeback mixtape, first one in a few years, also on Friday. And Playboy Cardi, who dropped his yeah. long-awaited debut mixtape on Friday. What are those guys thinking? I know. <laughs> Wait three Ridiculous. more days. Ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. Star Wars trailer. Celebration in general, I thought, was, had some really cool moments because 40th anniversary of Star Wars, mm-hmm. eventful in its own self. They had a really great Carrie Fisher tribute, which you can find on the Star Wars YouTube channel. It's about five minutes. 
really touching. And then uh, Hayden Christensen, actually, his first time back at Celebration since 2002, before Attack of the Bones came out. Anakin. Getting some much-deserved uh, love from the hardcore fans, because he's gotten a you lot of not that. You really think it's much-deserved? I think it's more the problem with the, with the prequels and Anakin characters more to do with the bad script and Lucas's bad directing, and the fact that he's acting on a total green screen. Yeah, that... Which, if you watch the movies, hasn't aged well with the oh, sure. over-reliance on CGI. I do not go back and watch those movies, <laughs> actually. Well, he was really good in Shattered Glass. So I'm not, and, again, look how bad Allie Portman was in. She, yeah, that's true. You know, she's a Best Actress winner, so I just think... Yeah, what I just think, yeah, he didn't do himself any favors, but it's far from all on him. And, I, you know, I just feel bad for him, because it kind of hurt him getting roles moving past the prequels. Yeah, but the only person that came out of that looking pretty good is, like, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, we'll see him <laughs> in Fargo. When? Yeah, I was going to say. Talk about that next week. We'll definitely have a lot of TV to talk about next week. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think of the trailer? Ryan Johnson, obviously, directing this. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had some things that stood out for me. We were we texted a little bit. Just the cinematography Absolutely. seems very unique. The and thing with, like, the, the speeders of the ships with yes, the red smoke. The red smoke was yeah. so dope on, like, the white plane. Yep. Even there was one shot. I couldn't even really tell what was going on, but it was, like, all dark around the edges, but then it was like illuminated, just like this like one stand, or like and it looked like the rebel sign was in it. I yes, that symbol. I think it's actually the old Jedi symbol, which that, everyone's theorizing about now. That yeah. makes sense, but just like the way that was shot, I thought it was pretty cool. And of course, you get like the really cool shot down the lightsaber of Kylo Ren. Is yeah. It, that awesome. Sporting his new scar, courtesy yeah. of uh, Ray. A- Adam Driver finishes up Girls and then drops that Last Jedi. Trailer. Yeah, he was getting uh, accosted, not accosted, but you know, ran up on by Star Wars fans while he was filming the last season of Girls. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. Because, like, it, you know, your life forever... John Boyega's talking about it. Your life forever changes once yeah. you become a major Star Wars character. John Boyega just sleeping. Yeah. In the trailer, just sleeping. Y'all gotta heal up. <laughs> Got that back sliced open. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think, man? I mean, no, you're right. The cinematography, I think it's... The shots are all very deliberate, very unique, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Kind of expected, I, I, though. Yeah, it has, like, a almost a traditional filmmaking vibe, which is cool, kind of fits along with Ryan John pedigree, you yeah. know, post-looper. It was cool. We saw, like, Ray doing, like, a karate kid training thing with uh, Luke from, like, yep. a far tracking shot. And then she's on the ground, and the, the rocks or the pebbles are hovering. I think she was on yeah. top of Superman's grave, perhaps. <laughs> Some uh, multiverse shit. But uh, I think the coolest thing for me, just from a, a total plot perspective, was it looked like it was Luke and R2 looking at a burning building, which I'm going to mm. assume was his the Jedi Temple yeah. when Kylo and the that Knights of Ren F shit up. So, assumingly, we're going to see that go down in a flashback, yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. We also heard from comments from Ryan Johnson and others that we're going to get clarity on Ray's origin. Oh, great. Lineage. And I actually didn't see all the uh, celebrations. So, stuff. that's cool. Yeah, no, definitely, I think, you know, after... I I saw Looper, like, once, but, like, I've watched Breaking Bad final season, like, yes. two or three times. Like, Ozymandias, one of the greatest episodes. And yeah, absolutely. And Ryan Johnson directed that, mm-hmm. so very excited Those for are, That's him. his two most recent works, is the Breaking Bad work and yeah. Looper. And I think just watching Luke again will be fun. Yeah. Like, everybody was, like, so excited to see Luke in mm-hmm. episode seven. Didn't happen until, like, the very end, so now we get to see, like, how he's different after and, everything. And, like, seven. thematically, with what Luke's saying about... The thing I know is that the Jedi should end. Yeah. doesn't look like this is going to be a carbon copy of Empire. Yeah, it'll be darker. We thought that was obvious, but right. it's not going to be the same plot, which is good, because the biggest criticism of The Force Awakens was that it was very similar to A New a Hope new in terms world, yeah. of overarching like notes and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has a very Empire Strikes Back vibe, mm-hmm. but they have to go in a different direction. They can't right. just copy <laughs> the first and, trilogy. And we saw a space battle again, which Force yeah. Awakens didn't have one. Rogue One obviously did, but not, mm-hmm. so that's cool. And then 
one final note, Kathleen Kennedy, the leader president of Lucasfilm, said that Leia will not be in Episode Nine after all. Definitively no. Hmm. They changed the story, so she will not be in it. That's a good idea. So That's I, a very good I idea. wonder if they'll add something to eight. Maybe they'll have to. But yeah, we're not going to see her in any regards. So yeah, I, we'll I think see how it's, that goes. It's better to rip that bandaid off now, though. We'll definitely have a much better idea how it's going to go down once we see eight. Right. Even if it doesn't directly happen, but yeah, uh, that trailer excitement glee. Another trailer that came out: Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, Battlefront Two, two. looks coming awesome. out in November. Looks so dope. Yeah, very exciting. And they're basically just, like, giving the people what they want. They're like, here, here's all the Jedi, every, like, different yeah. world, universe. Just put them all the first battle, uh, new Star Wars Battlefront that came right. out in 2015, they had to get that out ahead of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So, in development, you know, which takes, you know, at least three years for a big AAA game, yeah. they had to early on decide, all right, we don't have time to put space combat in. We don't have time for a campaign. Mm-hmm. We want to get this game out ahead of the movie and obviously it sold really well but now we have all three eras in this game we have a single player campaign it looks awesome it's you know who's actually playing the lead the uh, infernal squad like trooper leader no it's the actress who played shiva from the league really i forgot her name yeah oh. i didn't read i didn't recognize it at first when i read the actress name and then i saw people yeah. tweeting about it that's cool yeah absolutely um, yeah really exciting so i'm sure that game will be great That'll be one of the biggest games in November, alongside uh, Call of Duty. Her name is Janina Gavankar. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I I was like listening to the voice. I was like, this sounds like kind of like I've heard this. I was like, yeah, but it's probably just some voice actors. And and, and it's a cool idea too, because the single player is taking place after Jedi, once the second Death Star blows up, Emperor's dead, and it's from the Imperial perspective. Right. Obviously, the Empire didn't totally end. Whatever that happened, like that's where the Battle of Jakku. You know, yeah. There were so many cool stuff. moments in that trailer. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, but I'm really excited to see that And game. seeing Darth Maul run at Yoda for multiplayer. Yeah, so, so Come cool. Come on, it up. Anyways, moving on to the last thing before Kendrick. I feel like I have to like list everything before Kendrick <laughs> and then after Kendrick from here on out. BK and AK, before Kendrick, after Kendrick. Yeah, exactly. So Mystery Land. We've been mentioning, mentioning most of the festival labs. I think we mentioned Mystery Land in the previous episode. Well, I was just confused as to why LCD Sound System was... Performing yeah. there out of all the other festival options. Yeah, so it was uh, LC Sound System, G Easy, and Major Laser were headlining, and actually, strangely enough, G Easy got the number one headlining spot in, in that order, which He's is fucking very huge. Now. Apparently, but his song on the the Fast Eight soundtrack sucks. Yeah, all those songs suck. Uh, I don't Honestly, really listen that. to most of those. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. So Mystery Land 2017 canceled, Dave. Canceled, and they basically said uh, unforeseen circumstances. Mm. Uh, we have to cancel this festival, but PR speak. Basically, all, every every rumor says they just weren't selling tickets. How many mystery lands have there been? This would be the fourth one. Fourth, okay. yeah. So now it was newer. It's important to say mystery land happens all across the world in different parts of the world. So like I believe there's one over in Europe. There's one in. Are they all the same? Same. It's not all the organizer? same artist, but yeah, it's all the same organizer, and I, they also do something similar with uh, like Tomorrowland, Tomorrow World, things like that. Like they're. It's, so it's like probably like a mystery world somewhere or something like that. I'm, I'm not exact on these details, but this is the first year that Mystery Land in Bethel Woods, New York, was trying to really expand their lineup and mm-hmm. draw a more diverse crowd. So it's usually pretty much strictly EDM. And this year, LC Sound System, obviously they're dance, rock, but then Major Laser, big EDM name, who's only like second or third line at most festivals though. So that was kind of a reach in and of itself. G Easy being a headliner, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of a reach. Uh, I don't know if he's a huge draw. People go see him, of course. Right, but. and then what? Diane Wood, Porter Robinson, and Porter. Yeah. Yeah. R. L. Grime. 
Oh, in Big Gigantic, where like the yeah. next thing so is. now it just that just sounds like an EDM festival again. Yeah, exactly. Well, they also had Run the Jewels on there. Okay. So they were trying I to guess bring more people. With up, upping their artist budget, they upped their requirements for ticket sales. So yeah. that's probably what, what happened. Didn't meet that threshold. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing to me is I feel like the festival bubble bound to pop soon. Seeing that there's, there's so many. Like there's that one in San Francisco yeah. is huge. It, and they, they, they pop up, but then, like, sustaining success for long periods of time is yeah, so hard. Right. Because, like, for example, they got LCD Sound System, probably took, like, a big part of their budget. They have to fill in all these other names, so then they're like, well, we have to elevate someone like g Easy or Major Lazer to a headlining, like, spot when they're not. Right. So you you need to be able to get these big-name artists, but also, like, fill in a decent undercard to keep, keep people coming. So right, right. the small ones will probably start, I, I, I predict, will probably start dying off in the next couple of years. Think Panorama will make it? Panorama this has, is only year two, I believe. Right? Panorama has AEG behind it, which is just a huge festival corporation at this point. They just keep pumping out right. festivals. So like, I think like Firefly, any anyone that draws anywhere from like fifteen thousand people or more will be fine, just because they become institutionalized. Like sure. Bonnaroo, Coachella, Lollapalooza will, will never go away. I think Governor's Ball will be fine. Governor's Ball, Panorama, Meadows. There's a lot hanging out in New York City now. New York City should though. That makes sense. They have a yeah, venue. For they can. It. They can. And like Bamboozle doesn't exist anymore, right? Uh, I don't even know what that yeah. is. Oh, it was it was one that was always in Jersey. Oh, I didn't know that. It was like it was like more like a rock show. I think just like the bigger cities can sustain those, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's sad, but festivals are bound to die off at some point. Yeah. Like so also, I don't know how many people want to go to Bethel. Right. It's kind of out of the way. Well, it is. I mean, the original like Woodstock, but right. you can just not... go. You can just go see it. Exactly. Like there's other people. The Bethel Woods is a concert venue, like right. Saratoga. You can exactly. just go see normal. Country acts there if you want. Right. Well, speaking of New York festivals that died off, Kendrick Lamar had headlined the Hudson Project back in 2014. <laughs> what a segue that was! <laughs> you don't tune in for nothing, folks. So here we are, three years later, and two albums later. Right. Pippa Butterfly in 2015. Well, I guess three albums later. Untitled Unmastered last year, and now not an album. I guess compilation album. Yeah, compilation, and now damn. Damn. By Kendrick Lamar. So uh, I want to start off asking you the, the most important question. What do you think of Kendrick Lamar's new nickname? Kung Fu Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny. Kid Capri dropping them bombs from? all over the <laughs> album. New Kung Fu Kenny. Fucking awesome, dude. It is cool. It's a great nickname. But so here's the thing. At Co- he uh, headlined Coachella, closed out Sunday night. Yep, First weekend, weekend was yeah yesterday from recording. He had a three-part mini film that he showed in three parts of Kung Fu Kenny, and he was actually doing, like, oh. Kung Fu moves and stuff, like, in the film. Interesting. So, I don't know. Very, it's kind of, like, interesting. All these rappers want their films now. J. Cole's got his their thing eyes. on HBO right now. I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> For your eyes only. I, I have some, some J. Cole thoughts <laughs> later on, but, I mean. New Kung Fu Kenny, what do you think? Kung Fu Kenny's a great nickname. What do you think of the album like artwork though? That I thought was a little, little sus. strange. A little sus? It's just it's just I don't know. I thought Tipping Butterfly was such a fitting title or a cover yeah. cover art to the, the themes of the album. And even Good Kid, Mad City makes sense for what's going on there too. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like Drake kind of did the same thing. Like more life is just his dad. Like, yeah. Stunt on the cover. Oh, that, that's really his dad. Yeah, it's I a thought dad. it was just like some like yeah. weird picture they took. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think they both kind of dropped the ball. Here's the I mean, that's the only thing I can criticize. Yeah, it's interesting because the same person that did Pimp Butterfly's cover is the same person that did Dams. So, like, you go from this really artistic cover to Kendrick looking like he's just fucked up. 
But I it, guess it was for, feeding into all the conspiracies. Yeah, it, was, it definitely stuff, was. But. but I guess for like the idea of Pimp a Butterfly was such a large album and like was covering so many broad topics, and this one was Absolutely. a lot more introspective, a little bit more just about Kendrick. Personal. So, yeah, maybe that was what he's going for. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll get him. He'll, he'll have a comment about it eventually. So now I'm going to ask you to do an impossible test, Dave. Summarize this album in five words. Shit. Ten words or less. <laughs> less dense, varied flows, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> fire emojis. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was thinking about this really. Like, how would I describe this to somebody like briefly? It's tough. I feel like it's a pretty interesting... It's harder to explain than to be a butterfly or good kid Mad City. Kendrick samples this Fox News clip, but I think just the overall production of this was really interesting. You know, you mentioned how it used, like, a lot of, like, different samples, but it also had, like, this very, like, uh, instrumental element to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know Kendrick has collaborated with, like, Thundercat... Kamasi Washington, he uses... Uh, All over to Butterfly, those guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, Steve Lacey from the internet mm-hmm. has an opening on... Uh, what was the song? Pride? Yeah, one of the middle, uh, middle tracks. Yeah, I believe it was Pride. And so, they have... He, he has all these really strong influences who are just amazing musicians and mm-hmm. very unique in different ways, and it definitely shows on this album. Yeah, I'll say so. I think the Rihanna feature oh, yeah. stands out on Loyalty. What's it out to you about that? Just because it's, like, not classic Rihanna. It's kind of a little, little rap song collaboration potential here for the Grammy category. That's cool to see. I wonder and if Rihanna has a mixtape picking around. That'd be cool. That song's also a banger. Yeah. It also apparently... Half, half the album's a banger, which is awesome. Good, good point. But <laughs> apparently it also samples uh, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars, at least the beginning of it. So like that's the, also... Uh, uh, instrumental. Yeah, Bruno Mars is up in this bitch. I don't know. I, I think... Rihanna uh, and U2. Still can't get over that. Well, and what was the other one? Z- uh, Zachariah. Zach, yeah. Crap, I, had, I just had the list pulled up. But on the song Love, which, first of all, beautiful song. And I, I never thought I would ever hear a Kendrick Lamar love song. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, I, I actually really like Lust. Yeah. Just because, like... Zachariah, by the way. Yeah. He's kind of, like, lampooning traditional, stereotypical rapper, get it in, get in the girls. Right. Song. Yeah. You know, classic, like, ringtone rap or whatever. He's kind of lampooning that. He's like, let me put the head. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's actually really interesting. I, I feel like he did that kind of thing with a couple of it. Like, mm-hmm. when he was talking about pride, he wasn't necessarily talking about, like, him having too much pride. He was talking about, I can put my pride aside you know, right. through a lot of it. And then he goes right into humble. Take that, Drake. <laughs> yeah, he goes literally right into humble, which is... I mean, stunt. Yeah, and a half. just like flex on him, Kendrick. And the beginning is uh, different lyrics from the single version. Oh, really? I didn't notice. Oh, that. yeah, you need the. Uh, I think every they cannot pray for me. Remember he says oh, it's a yeah. little different. I think yeah. every time I hear that piano drop, I just like boom, boom, yeah, so start headbanging to it. <laughs> cool uh, thing about uh, Humble, debuted number two on the Billboard chart last week. Yes. The tied the highest debut for a rap song. A rap song hasn't been number two since "Love the Way You Lie." From Eminem, 2010. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it, couldn't unseat fucking Ed Sheeran. Shape, shape of You, still number one. You know, it's so funny. So, when I saw Glances last weekend, they have a remix of Shape of You, and I don't like that song. I think I've talked about it. I don't think it's a great song. Lame. And they played it there, and then it's been stuck in my head ever since. And Those every bastards. time I heard it, I just started singing it. Bad set, and they got Ed Sheeran stuck in your head? Terrible. And especially after I saw LCD Sounds. How dare they? Horrible. But yeah, I mean, just a really, I mean, this album is fantastic. Uh, I, I guess As you'd expect from Kendrick Lamar at this point, he, the pedigree he's developed with his body of work, you know, has such a high standard. 
And it's such a thoughtful album, you know. Like yeah. it, I, I know that's a it's a strange adjective to say, but like contrasting to I guess it's like most recent peer in more life, which definitely thoughtful. I mean, there are a lot of really great things that uh, Drake did on that. Mm-hmm. Bringing so in different crime elements, yeah, like it is so different. I just feel like Kendrick's on the, in this whole other. He's playing a totally different sport. It's like Messi and uh, LeBron. You know, it's like they're both great in different ways, but they're playing totally different sports. Yeah. And one's yeah. a little bit more. That's funny. Uh, which, which one would, would be messy to you? Oh, I don't even. If you had to use that metaphor. The Le- LeBron-Drake comparison has been so good for so long just because mm-hmm. they're both corny guys mm-hmm. uh, and also the top. So I always have liked that. But uh, I-, I think J. Cole has to look at Damn and any Kendrick record and be like, man, like, I'm close. He's I'm not, not there. He's not that close. <laughs> I don't think he's that close. But he's trying. So not not how many guys actually try a perfect to achieve example. what Kendrick does that, and Cole true. does. So like I do give him that you know notion. Yeah, he he tries to put himself up in that in that same plane. But think about even like I was just talking about how love is such a good love song. Like it's actually like a really feeling like song. I and want then, a full close exactly. for you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like how can you like even compare those two? Just ridiculous. <laughs> I love that. I I knew where you were going. I was just I was thinking like, you know, Kendrick obviously probably the greatest like rap lyricist at this point, just like bar for bar. But J Cole gets a lot of love. I mean, even uh, double platinum, something like that. No features. No features. Yeah. Neighbor. Great. Neighbors is a great song. But he's folding clothes is how he shows that he loves you. But Kendrick's just like oh, clothes for you. He's talking about his insecurities about love. He's hitting that real shit, man. J Cole's mm-hmm. still missing it. Something missing it. Yeah. Shout out Shay Sor- Serrano. He knows what's up. He had a <laughs> good piece of me too. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, probably my favorite song on this whole thing is Fear. Because I feel like Fear really ties the album together. Yeah, I don't think it's his most enjoyable song. I don't think it's probably the best song. It's my favorite song sure. at this moment. Because it really ties album, in huh? all the things on the album. And then he has God, which is like waves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, and then he's got Duckworth, which is a great song, yeah. but it's pretty much just a story, kind of bringing him right back to the beginning, mm-hmm. where he was. What did you think of that story at the beginning, by the way? I, I, what do you I, mean? You know, when he talks about seeing the blind woman who then shoots him? What did you think of that? Blood. It takes a... I, I always take a while to really process when albums kind of do that journey. I always kind of get hung mm-hmm. up on, like, the individual singles and stuff. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, I just I just assume, I kind of just chalk it up, oh, it takes me a while to... To fully grasp everything, so <laughs> I haven't given it any thought to be honest. I actually really liked uh, Element, another one of the bangers. Yes, he's like, I don't do it for the gram, I do it for Compton. Yes, there's a deep little deep deep shit in that. Yeah, really quick bar. He talks a lot <laughs> about family on this. Yeah, which I mean, I think he always brings in elements of family. I mean, Good Kid, Mad City, really talking a lot about, about that. Yeah, family is important to him. Smith Butterfly's a little bit broader lens mm-hmm. but he like talks about his niece and how his niece is like one of the reasons he's like continuing to do the things he does and keep pushing forward right i think what was this uh, maybe it was fear it might have been it might have been feel where he has a voicemail from uh, two of his cousins i believe mm. in there uh quoting bible verses to him yeah, about things. really family oriented in uh, on this album i mean if you had to pick a song that you would say is going to be like the Kendrick song you remember other than Humble from this. Yeah, good stipulation, because Humble, Humble is huge. A, yeah. DNA, probably. Yeah. I got, I got, I got, yeah. I got. Probably, so good. Probably DNA. 
<laughs> I think element loyalty with Rihanna, XXX yeah. with U2. I don't know if XXX will less. have the staying power. Uh, it's just weird because it doesn't, doesn't feel like U2. Like, I'm yeah. not a U2 head, so I didn't pick up on what I was listening to. I double-checked. Like, oh, this U2 song? Oh, God, yeah, yeah that's Bono, right? Yeah, we'll which is interesting because when uh, another podcast The Ringer did talking about it, they, they said the same thing, that if they didn't know it was Bono, they probably wouldn't have noticed it. Whereas, yeah. I mean, maybe it's because I've listened to way more U2. I was like, oh, there's Bono. Right. Yeah, I was I was driving yeah. in my car the first time I listened. I was like, no, oh, there he is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sample? Uh, who's that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> they, they gave him like 15 seconds, and they're like, thanks, Bono. Now go away. Which is the right about Bono for a Kendrick Lamar album. If you have to use Bono, I guess, like, keep it small. Watch out for me. I'm about to glow. <laughs> I thought Pride is also a really good song. And it's the instrumentals that, like you mentioned, are really layered. And he uses his voice as an instrument in this in a really interesting way. Oh, of course, yeah. His all the different inflections and stuff, whether it's switching up the flow or just yeah, the way he. That, that's what's so cool about him because he does so many things that just mm-hmm. very few rappers could even attempt to do. Yeah. With his voice. And it doesn't seem corny. Like I feel like if Drake was like using. Well, because he's doing it well. Right. You know. Good point. Yeah. I guess I. I was gonna say like I can't. I can't imagine Drake doing like. Like, like, you know when he does, like, the deep, distorted voice kind of sounds like the devil or something like that? I'd be mm. like, all right, Drake, yeah. please don't do that. Nah, just do Jamaican Drake. Yeah, just, uh, just give me passion fruit. I'm down with that. Passion fruit over and over. No long taka. No more tune for your head top. Just watching me speak on my name, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's fine, Drake. You're Canadian, but you can you can be whatever culture you want in the right. moment. I don't, I, we let you jack that shit. It's all good. Kendrick, he's more, uh, more thoughtful. Definitely. And, like, the very flows thing really stands out for me, too, because... Mm-hmm. He's not biting anyone's flows. He's not doing anything that's super generic. He's just doing all these different things. Sometimes yeah. the same song or song to song. Like it just really shows the like the gap between him and the rest of you know the field at this point. Because mm-hmm. think of someone like Logic, a totally competent rapper who gets criticized for being repetitive because he only uses other people's flows. Doesn't really have any ones right. he's invented himself. Whereas Kendrick, he just switches. All he own. does is invent his own flows. Yeah. It's fantastic. And in the in, within the vein of his deeply conscious concept album. Right. So that's why I mean, it's just so impressive yet again. That's something different. Not He hasn't spun a single wheel from his previous work. And, right. You know, it stands out all the same. It's interesting, like, um, when I was looking at the, the samples and features, and, uh, yeah, the samples he uses, he switched up his flow as a sample. So, like, yeah. he uses Juvenile's Ha in the middle of Element. Just, like... Out of nowhere. Cut. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, I think he really has this appreciation for rap mm-hmm. and just for music in general that really just comes through in creating a sonically beautiful album while also creating a very deep, thoughtful, introspective, but Absolutely. hard rap album. Like, it's yeah. it's a very, like, small target to hit and he hits it dead in the center every single time. It's really impressive. Yep. I can't I can't really name anyone who's consistently as good as he is. Like, he, doesn't, he hasn't released the views. No, you know? like he no, he hasn't leased a Pablo. Yeah, he's, hey, hey, stop. <laughs> the, the, you, you went a little too far. <laughs> if you want to hear our thoughts on Pablo, though, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Episode 2. Yeah, we also talk about views, but don't go listen to that one. Episode 24. Cause I, I don't remember. <laughs> I said some regrettable things. More Life. Check out that one a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah. Where does this rank Kendrick albums? We have to do it. Every every white person that has a podcast talk about Kendrick has to rank their Kendrick albums. At this I point. don't know. That's... It's, I think it's behind... Because, because it has all the bangers, it has potential to rise the ranks for me. I think Good Kids in Mad City, just because it holds a special place in my collective college heart when that came out. Yeah, I, I still... like 
I don't think it's better than Pimp Butterfly, but I like it more because it's less dense. Yeah, and, Pimp I, Butterfly, and I also saw half that album live. I haven't seen him since he got Pimp Butterfly out. So right. We're more connected to the first one. Yeah, Pimp Butterfly, one. I don't go back to often. It's just it's. I a mean, lot go back to, to like to. All Right. Yeah. I Bangers. All Right. Yeah. Black as a Berry. Sometimes. I like Wesley's Theory the first the intro track. Yep. The other stuff, it's complexion and yeah. stuff like that. There's that one song I can't remember where basically like Kendrick's acting like he's drunk on it and he's just like it's like really like really emotional and deep mm-hmm. and I was just like I, I can only listen to the song like maybe once a year. Yeah. It's just too much. It, it, he does a really good job of invoking emotion which is all you're really looking for. Music, Kung Fu like. Kenny man. Do you think there's a second album? <sighs> he only put so much time and effort into it. I just I don't think he would rush to take any attention off of Dan, you know? Well, if you think about it, he's had two years. Yeah, he has. I mean, Untitled and Master is just com- a comp album, so... Yeah, it's just extra studio work. Yeah, but I don't I don't know, two years, he had two years, you know, going from Good Kid to Butterfly, I don't think that means he needs to drop 24 songs, you know, all of a sudden, True. to stick to this 14 we got, you know? That'd be interesting. That was a, that was an interesting theory, though. I was very... I convinced. mean, it was just so detailed, like, there's, like, the Matrix connection, the yeah. color, I was like, wow... Was that Soundwave who was putting that out or something the like that? producer, yeah. Yeah. And then, check out the tweet, Death Yeezus, at Death Yeezus. It's a note listing. It's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we'll get it eventually. Yeah, or maybe this will be, uh, like, Kanye's lost album. What's it called? Uh, good, uh... Good Kid, Mad City? No, no, no. Good, uh, Good Job. Damn, what's it? Like? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it was, uh... That Kanye album that never came out, that was yeah. always rumored. It was supposed to... Continue off post uh, graduation in college. Good ass job. Yes, good ass job. Right. That's what it was. College dropout, late registration, graduation, good ass job. That was the through line. But then he was like, nah, mom died, gotta make it anyway. <laughs> By the way, did you see the picture of Kanye on Easter? No. Hair still blonde? Uh, no, hair's not blonde, but he was wearing a uh, like a white dress shirt and like jeans and like a jean jacket. But white the pants? white dress shirt, it might have been white pants, but it was like buttoned Short. all the way up. And like he just, he, people were uh, obviously clowning on it on Twitter, and probably my favorite one was someone. You know how the people do the thing with the movie sound, where the picture will be like Fast Eight, two thousand seventeen, whatever. Mm-hmm. They someone said Get Out, two thousand uh, or what was the was that the big movie that came out this year? No, I'm blanking on that. The what? one with uh, Michael uh, Keegan Michael Key or uh, Jordan Peele, sorry. Yeah, Get Out. Yeah, Get Out. Yeah, what are you talking about dude. Come I, on. <laughs> I, I'm losing my mind here after like talking about Kendrick for so long. But yeah, the, they had that, and then just a picture of Kanye kept like zooming in on his face, and he's just like staring <laughs> off into space. It's, it's hilarious. But maybe this will push Kanye to release an album next year. Hopefully, he's not gonna release one this year at this point. No. no. no we'll get Action Bronson. Get Logic May fifth. Get Wale May fifth. Care about that? I, I couldn't care less about Wale. <laughs> Me either. Other than that, I'm not sure who else is on Horizon. We just had a cool record, so I, nobody monsters. We just had a terrible Rick Ross. Gorillas. Gorillas? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, count them for him for hip hop. They're going to be headlining the Meadows this year. Are we sure? Yeah, they really, they announced today that they will be at the Meadows. So uh, they'll, they'll definitely be at one I was of them. Are they still tweeting all the gifs of, for hints? No, Gorillas actually just announced blew, they were blew, doing blew a bunch the of yeah, festivals, and then I think the Meadows people are doing a Reddit AMA of like, oh, well, I guess we can tell you guys this now. <laughs> like, hey. Gorillas does whatever the fuck they want. They haven't toured in seven years, so they're just like, hey, hey check it out. Yeah, it's great. It's like, what, Damon Albarn, and then like... And the animated, animated dudes. Yeah, people, so... I don't know. For me, the idea of the Gorillas was much more interesting than the Gorillas themselves, so... I mean... We'll uh, see, because like, this album, the, new, the songs haven't 
grab me yet. So. The Gorillas have a couple of really like classic songs though. Feel Good Ink, Love. Feel Good Ink. Got the De La song. Let's be real. <laughs> Clean. Well, I mean that's the thing though is that they basically right. like create like the. You like, you like DJ Khaled. Yeah, pretty <laughs> I mean, they're the, the DJ Khaled of, uh, well, like, alternative rock. Alternative yeah. rock, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Definitely definitely a fair comparison. But check out Kendrick Lamar. You will be you can see a set on YouTube Sunday night. It'll be... Like, Coachella set? Do. So, yeah, it'll be, like, what, like, one in the morning. But you can watch his live Coachella set if you want, because... Do uh, they post the archives? They, like, like, they post all the set, songs, they'll post but they the won't clips, post right? full sets. Right. So if you want to see him weekend to Sunday night, he did say at the end of his set, we'll be back. And people like rushed out to the parking lot thinking he was going to be like doing some crazy shit in the parking lot. That was also the day when the second album was supposed to drop. People are also like freaking out. Imagine if he like played it live for people. That would be insane. <laughs> I don't know, but... That would just be buying into the festival. Kendrick is hinting at something more, for sure. Imagine. Imagine if it comes out Sunday. I don't know, man. If it comes out, you'll hear about it. Yeah. At Nostalgia Pod on Twitter. And you'll also hear about lots of TV next week, because we will be talking about The Leftovers. Better Call Saul, perhaps. Fargo, Fargo, definitely. And probably Veep, and... I mean, Silicon Valley's back this Next Sunday. This Sunday after. Gotcha, so, so Silicon Valley eventually. Check out our peak TV preview. Yeah. Two weeks ago. The peakest of TVs. Most peak. And shout out, Mike Will made it. Mike Will. This a new Kung Fu Kenny. Subscribe on YouTube. Please. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes Please. and share us with all your friends. Spotify playlist will have new Kendrick Lamar on it. Yeah, definitely. Check that out. Yeah, they, they all deserve to be on there. Anyways, we'll catch you next week. We out.